Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take. It's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 208. I'm Schmitty. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zeke. We are without Colin. He has been killed by... Oh man, I should have prepared for this. We, we really should have thought about how he was going to meet his untimely demise tonight. I think it was a dragon this time. Was it a dragon? Yeah. The truth is he actually isn't feeling well, but we can't kill him by plague because... That's, that's my right. right. That's Schmitty's yeah. thing. Don't take that away from me. That's my bit. You can't have that <laughs> bit. That's my bit. <laughs> uh, okay, well, we do hope he gets better from dragon attack, I guess. That burns, that's what we're going Steve. with. <laughs> it burninates. Get it right. <laughs> I, I just actually facepalmed. I didn't even expect to do that. I actually... <laughs> well, was, at least I didn't say anything. Like, it burns when he pees. It just burns. One thing that doesn't burn are our sponsors. <laughs> oh. Oh. That hurt. Okay. On to our best friends over at 4814 Web Hosting. They're better than 24-7. We keep saying that. We keep bringing it up because, well, to be honest, they really are. I deal with a lot of web hosts in my uh, in my day job, and a lot of them really suck. These guys don't. They are top shelf there, da bomb. Uh, let them show you what they can do for you. Head on over to 48-14.com. I just about screwed up their URL. Tell them we sent you. Don't tell them I screwed up the URL, please. Let them show you how awesome they are. Also, uh, our friends over Open Book Audio, makers of some of the finest audiobooks, which I don't listen to because I worry that I'd fall asleep in the car and drive headlong into traffic, but Schmitty's a big fan of. <laughs> I'm a big audiobooks. fan too. It's been previously established in conversations that I've had with Larry Korea that I don't know how to read. That's I like how though. you I like how you kind of <laughs> humble bragged, name dropped, and acted self deprecating there all in the same <laughs> sentence. <laughs> no, I, I I had a conversation with him talking about audiobooks and I, I told him how my wife is convinced that I do not know how to read because all I do is audiobooks. So open book audio is perfect for me. It is. Um, also, pretty awesome. And if you don't know how to read, they have some really awesome audio programming. CryptonRadio.com had a bit of um, slight streaming issues, but they're back up on top of things. Their server kind of uh, had a small hiccup. I can commiserate. I know how that feels. Um, also, you can hear us on TrekRadio.net and Radio KSCR and Stitcher.com and iTunes and pretty much anywhere. And BlackBerry. Fine. And, and BlackBerry, yeah. <laughs> the, the awesome thing, though, is if you're listening to us, you know how to listen to us. So now we're but just maybe, giving shout-outs to all, all the people that we love. Those well, maybe they chances. have a friend. Maybe they have a friend they want to bring, and their friend doesn't know how to listen to us. Maybe they're overhearing us over a cafe radio or something. True story here. I actually had a friend who wanted to know how to hear our show, and I'm like, well, you know, just head over to our site, and you can hear our show there. And they went to our site, StolenDroids.com, and on the sidebar, you can see the links to each one of our shows, and they couldn't understand, well, how is this helping me? You have a badly formatted link here. No, that's an RSS feed. That's if you have an RSS reader. You click on that, and that's the RSS feed for it. Uh, if you don't know how to do that, that's why we tell you all the other methods, iTunes, Zoom, Windows Marketplace, all those different places. Well, and the awesome thing is, is you can just click play on the actual article for the show that you want to listen to, and it'll play right there. It's magic. You can hear us here. <laughs> right where you are, you can hear us. We are everywhere. Um, you know who's not anywhere anymore? Colin. Well, yeah, that too. Dragons. I was going to go with Aereo. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> oh, burn. <laughs> you just had to rub it in. Actually, I th I, I, I'm the one that put this article in here, but it, it's kind of uh, redeeming in a little way. Uh, um, TiVo receives approval to acquire aerial assets. I don't know what that means. Does, does that mean they don't want to buy them, but they Aereo's like, you can buy us. <laughs> well, they're but buying the customer lists, names, and other trademarks for a million bucks. Yeah. It's a pretty good deal. I, I think in in the long run, or in the end, Aereo's getting uh, shafted. <laughs> it, it's a, worth a lot more than a million dollars. But uh, but this is this is the business that TiVo is in, and and something that that's right up TiVo's alley. So all the cord cutters out there 
would would probably or should be um screaming for joy for this i think uh, i will <laughs> counter that and here's why because the names the customer list the trademarks were bought for a million dollars but the patent portfolio was bought by rpx corp yeah. don't know what rpx corp is they're patent aggregators which is what you call them right before they go on a suing binge they're patent and become trolls. patent trolls yeah but there's no other market out there that has this so it's not going to do them any good not yet. They're going to sit on it for about 10, 15 years, uh, and then they're going to come out and hit some other startup who's trying to do something like it. Oh, good point. Yeah. Um, also, their equipment is going to be bought out by Alliance Technology Solutions, which we need to like just code a generic technology firm generator. Like you hit generate, <laughs> and it just spits out a completely nondescript technology company name. I, I be- I'm the CEO of Emerging Solutions Corporation. <laughs> oh great someone google that i bet it exists it, um it just spawned <laughs> it just spawned it's like rule 34 of the internet <laughs> as soon as you say something out loud there's an entire web ring built around it um so ario you might remember we brought it up ad nauseum almost only for schmitty's benefit uh to help him work through the grief <laughs> it was part of his coping yeah, um, we were kind of like his grief counselors in that respect he Thank moved through all phases. Uh, it was the company that the startup company that would lease you an antenna in their data center, and by which you could receive all terrestrial broadcasts and receive them over the internet. This was especially helpful if you lived in an area like Schmitty with horrible reception. Uh, they also offered the additional service where they could store things on their hard drives, and you could access it almost like a cloud-based DVR. In fact, that was kind of the major selling point, and. Yeah, it didn't fly so well. Obviously, cable companies didn't like that. They took him to court. They appealed. They took him to court again. Went up to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court sided with the cable companies. The broadcasters. Yeah, Yeah, with the broadcasters. Um, It is kind of disappointing to see it go this way. I would have preferred to see TiVo acquire the assets and the patent portfolio. Yeah. Because TiVo doesn't work without the signal and for people who don't have the signal TiVo's not going to do them any good if they don't have that technology right right can they stop the signal <laughs> nice nice you I can't stop you the too. signal Zook. you should know that but you can't it, stop a signal that's not getting to you <laughs> <laughs> but if TiVo were to also acquire the patents and the hardware and everything else that that other companies bought up wouldn't that basically make them Aereo? I, yeah, but I kind of get the feeling that, um, and, and this is just a gut feeling here, which I'm going to go with. I get the feeling that broadcasters aren't in a hurry to piss off TiVo. I concur. You know, I think I think one of the big reasons why broadcasters felt it was open season on Aereo was because they were a startup. Yeah, they were the new kid on the block that could be bullied, and that's exactly what happened. Um, it was it was Dish, I believe, who had who had the hopper. Dish. It's dish. Yeah. That was Dish, yeah. Dish had the hopper. Yeah. And they got huge blowback from the broadcasters about that. The uh, the DVR system that automatically hops over commercials. And they were able to weather it just fine. That's why I think the larger companies, the larger, more entrenched companies, are able to weather the storm and prevail a lot better than someone as small as Aereo. So. Yeah. You know, one thing that I thought about... and. I only thought about this now because I didn't realize that it wasn't the technology they were buying as well. But the only reason I can think of that TiVo wouldn't need uh, the technology but only the name is if they already have the technology in the works to do what Aereo did. And then maybe they'll use the name to say, oh, this is the new TiVo Aereo service we have going here. It's available in your area. I kind of get the feeling they were more interested in the customer list. Eh, That's a good point. Yeah, but... But if that's all they're going for, that's kind of a dumb move because the, most of the customers, I'm willing to bet, use the service because they didn't have a way to get the signal. Right. Well, I think you have a good point there. I think a lot of broadcasters are under the false assumption that people were using it to steal TV. Yeah. When in reality, many of the people just simply didn't have any other way of getting the TV. Yeah. And we've... So. We've hit on this, not stealing, but I, I know the point you're trying to make there. So, yeah. Um, 
Now it should and, it should be mentioned all of Ario's assets went for less than two million dollars, which yeah. is really disappointing. Really, that's kind of a kick in the teeth. That is. Well, I was thinking further south, but uh, yeah, I mean, you basically get shut down by a judge, and then what you're worth is less than two million bucks. That that sucks for them. I feel bad for those guys. Yeah. Especially because they had secured like $97 million in funding for the company itself. Oh, yeah. They yeah. were doing well. Oh. Yeah, that that's really rough. Yeah. Um, okay. So in really weird news, um, and I maybe I'm wrong for saying this. Maybe we're biased. It is quite possible. <laughs> it is kind of our mantra. <laughs> yeah. Um, BlackBerry has unveiled a new tablet. Which is kind of surprising when you remember that the playbook was almost unusable and couldn't sell to save their life or their company. Are they uh, still they sitting on warehouses full of playbooks? I think they use them as insulation in low-income housing now. Oh, makes sense. <laughs> or large coasters. Coasters for large mugs. I don't know. NASA's <laughs> using them as hyperdense uh, ablative shielding for reentry vehicles. Um, <laughs> There's an app for that. <laughs> Um, so they are coming out with a secure tablet. Um, now they know it's going to work and they know it's going to work because it's actually a galaxy tab, (laughs) which, which makes sense because, um, Samsung created a, a version of the galaxy with, um, improved hardware encryption on the inside. Um, not a lot of people remember it because it didn't actually sell. They they never released it out to the market, but they, they but they produced it. They made it. So, this you guys is, remember a few weeks ago? Sorry to interrupt you there, but I just I just now realized you remember a couple of weeks ago when it turned out that Samsung was in talks with BlackBerry and you, Schmitty, actually called that they were going to try and collaborate. I think secu- Samsung's Knox with yeah. uh, BlackBerry security. Yes, yeah, it, it would make sense. And I don't think any of us saw this coming. No. <laughs> Who would? Who would? But yeah, this is this tablet's like they say it's likely to be priced at twenty three hundred dollars um, for a secure tablet. Uh, I this is like the Apple Watch thing. Yeah, a secure tablet would be good for business. I don't think it'd be twenty three hundred dollars good for business at that point. It, I mean, you're you're surpassing the price point of a lot of really good laptops. The laptop I'm on right now is cheaper than that, so. And it's usable. And it's usable. And it's secure. So This is definitely... Sorry, what was that, Zoner? Well, I'm just thinking here, looking at this, obviously this is targeted at a very specific market. This isn't yeah. targeted towards you or I. Right, that's exactly what I was going to point out. And I'm thinking governments? Governments are going to waste money. I here, mean, here's, here's the thing. From, from an IT standpoint, again, if, in case you haven't heard before, I work in IT security. Any infrastructure that has that kind of sensitive information where you need the super expensive things because it could be a matter of life and death or national security or the most expensive lawsuit you've ever seen, those positions exist, right? But those companies typically have other methods of securing their data. It's the communications they have problems communi- securing, Right, that's yeah. why they have the super expensive black phones that have like triple encrypted everything. You know, it's not their data storage per se that is in in danger. It's their communications. It almost seems like this is just so that high powered CEO or the president or someone who works for one of these companies or organizations or governments can play Angry Birds. Right, <laughs> but Rovio's. Rovio's um, profits were down like 9% last year, so people aren't playing Angry Birds anymore. Well, no, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> the next big thing. I know what you're saying. Cross I just Roads. wanted to take a yeah. shot at, at Yeah, Rovio. Crossy Roads. It, it's yeah. just, it seems kind of, um, I, I, I'm not saying there isn't a need for it, and I'm not even saying like $2,300 is too much. For what it's claiming it'll be able to do, yeah, that's actually kind of par for the course. Yeah. And like Zoner said, it's not aimed at a consumer level, which, you know, who needs that, BlackBerry? No one needs consumers to buy your products. Um, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a response for that. Well, it's, yeah. 
Okay, you guys want to play Android games on your secure thing? Go get a Panasonic Toughbook and install BlueStacks on it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. And it's cheaper than $2,300. So. <laughs> I, when, when is it going to come that we're watching a police procedural or a spy drama or something and someone's like, oh, that has nothing on it. That was his burner tablet. <laughs> It has his high score in Tetris, and that's it. It was it was the burner tablet. All this has is Clash of Clans. Sure, I can I can screw him over by changing his village around, but there's nothing here that's going to give me the nuclear launch codes. He's going to lose uh, all the battles. That, that's only. <laughs> oh, dude, this is going to piss the Taliban off. Check this out. I'm going to totally tank his score. This will sink across all his profiles. He'll never recover. I used his walls to spell F U ISIS. I also bought $13,000 worth of gems. <laughs> His wife is going to be mad. Okay. I subscribed him to every porn list out there. Um, I, I, unless you're watching NCIS, in which case they'll make an entire plot point of how they're able to hack into the, the Angry Birds game and fight him in the game. Um <laughs> You should see a previous moving picture show that Schmitty and I hosted about that. Yes. Okay. Um, into some Microsoft news. This was kind of confusing. Microsoft actually put out a lot of confusing Windows 10 news. Um, and we got two headlines here in a row. And the first one I'll let Schmitty handle because I think he knows, has a much better grasp on it than I do. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Microsoft announced that they um, are developing a an Android ROM that runs Windows 10. Um, and this raises a lot of questions when you just when you when you take it that way, because for one, Windows 10 doesn't run on Android, um, and two, uh, an Android phone isn't powerful enough to run full Windows 10. Not, I mean, not not counting like the the mobile version of it or anything, but um, they are they are in the process of testing Windows 10 for. Um, power users in China of the Mi 4, the Mi 4 Android smartphone. And essentially it's just a ROM. It's an Android ROM that's skinned to look like Windows 10 and be compatible with Windows, with Microsoft services. So their goal is to get uh, essentially Android phone users to use their Windows 10 mobile interface in, in the form of a ROM. Which is kind of brilliant if you think about it. This, and this is where it gets confusing here. And Donna, I saw you raising your hand, but maybe you have the same questions. A ROM in Android, in case people don't know, a ROM is pretty much the operating system. It is the right. install. Uh, so at that point, you've basically the equivalent of formatted your phone and installed Windows on top of it, making it not an Android phone anymore. Well, no, it's no, just no. simply it's, Android hardware. It's still Android. It's 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 and it's an Android ROM themed to look and work like Windows 10. Yeah, so it's not a true Windows 10 ROM. No, no. Well, right. think, it's, it's think, of think of Cyanogen. Think of Cyanogen. Because that's basically what they're doing. They've, they've got their own version of Android called CM12, and they throw that out there. This is essentially what Windows is doing. And I find it interesting that the, the headline says it converts Android's phone, Android phones to Windows 10. Yes and no. I think that's a misleading headline. Yeah, you can't go to the to the Windows 10 app store and start installing Windows 10 apps onto this phone. It runs Android Android apps still natively. Now, so what, conf- what confuses me further about this is, um, and and maybe you can help me here too, Schmitty. The HTC One M8, I believe, can run both Windows Phone because there's the Windows variant. Mm-hmm. And Android, and everyone has said that they're really just identical. They're just running two separate operating systems, but the hardware, the firmware, everything is identical. Yeah, if they're already making a ROM to look like Windows 10, wouldn't it just be easier for them to release an installable Windows 10 ROM? <laughs> that, that is a good question, um, and I but I think the biggest hurdle they're trying to cross here is because it, it is the hurdle that. Uh, Android users don't want to just up and switch to Windows 10 because of the vast um, app world that that Android is right now. 
Um, whereas if they make a Windows 10 themed Android ROM, you can switch to Windows 10, still use the, ni- the, the awesome Windows 10 tiles and and be connect like have all your Microsoft services connected to the front end of your device and still be able to run Android apps, all the hundreds of Android apps you've collected over the years. That right there, I mean, that's enough for me to not necessarily switch because it's not switching, but that's enough for me to to want to use Windows 10 on my phone if it's a pure Android ROM. Think so, it'll be available in the Google Play Store? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, XDA forms, yeah. And, and on the flip side of that, I have my... Uh, my LG G3 running Lollipop that I have now skinned to look like Windows Phone. <laughs> I've installed a whole new launcher on it, and it, yeah, it, it works pretty freaking awesome. On Cyanogen, I'm just all over the place. They did also announce, we don't have the headline here, but I'm just going to throw it in real fast. They did announce the detailed plans of how they're going to bring Cortana to both Android and iOS as well. Hopefully by the end of this year, and I can't tell you how excited I am for this. That well, is awesome. the interesting thing about that is they announced Cortana, I think the day before the Windows 10 thing came out, and everybody yes. was wondering what the heck are they doing with Cortana? What what's the logic here? And I think you put it put it perfectly, Schmitty, when you said, "Here's the big picture. Here's why they're doing this." Mm-hmm. I think they finally figured out. Uh, I'm not saying mm-hmm, like I'm taking credit for Schmitty, but I think they're finally <laughs> figuring out, which we brought up like two years ago, that the big picture is not the hardware. It's not even the software. It's the services. Yes. Get yeah. them to use Microsoft services. Well, that's why they give it free to give give the services free to college students mm-hmm. and yeah. donate so many computers and whatnot to elementary schools. You get people hooked. They're going to stay with it. Um, I'll, I've said it before, and I'll just say it again. Cortana is the best voice assistant out there right now. Uh, that may change in the future, but it is also the only part of the Windows Mobile or Windows Phone platform which is agile. They can change it on the fly. Uh, they can they can actually keep up with Google and Google now. The rest of the Windows Phone platform they can't. Uh, but if you hear of anyone naysaying Cortana, it is simply because they haven't used it yet. That is true. <laughs> Even Schmitty, who is the biggest diehard Google fan I know, and loves Google Now. And Google Now's good. I'm not. Google you know. Now could be better though if they had James Spader doing the voice as we talked <laughs> no. about, as we talked about <laughs> earlier in the week off the show recording. But yeah, you get James Spader to do the voice of Google Now. Nothing's going to touch it. You have an appointment at your barber in five minutes. I think I'll have to take that first. <laughs> I will crush your hopes and your dreams, <laughs> and you will end up with a mullet. <laughs> I was made to protect the world and keep your appointments in order. Um, in the other Windows 10 news, and this one was really confusing in how they announced it, the way they announced it originally made it sound like everyone gets Windows 10 for free. Even if you have a pirated copy of Windows, you get it for free. Which is kind of a duh. Well, if you just pirated Windows, yeah, you got it for free. But what they were specifically meaning was upgrades. If you have Windows 7 or Windows 8, you automatically get a Windows 10 upgrade. And everyone said, okay, awesome. Pirated Windows 7 and 8 users get Windows 10 for free. And they've had to kind of backpedal. They haven't clarified what they do mean, but they are going after people who pirated. They do want to make it legitimate. And they're specifically targeting most of China. (laughs) And they have also committed. The one thing that they've said for sure is whatever whatever system they put in place to get people using those pirated copies into a legitimate use version will be global. It'll be the same no matter which country you're in. Yeah, and you know, it's if you're running seven, eight, or eight point one, even if you're not genuine, it sounds like you're getting it. Going to get Windows ten. That's a good thing. Yeah. It, it, it says that they, Microsoft thinks of it as an opportunity to re-engage millions of users. And and to me, I'm, I'm kind of thinking it's, it's it's more like a cleansing. I mean, <laughs> if you think about it in terms of... Uh, it's a like, purge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you, you pirate a piece of software, and, and nine times out of ten, it's... It's it's good, right? But every once in a while, you'll get someone that has slipstreamed something into it that's that's uh, harmful to your machine, right? Um, it's, it's happened to most people who pirate. You download something, and it's 
it's either not what you wanted or it's what you what you wanted, but it's different, you know? It, it doesn't work quite right. You know, right. you're playing the newest game, and it's great, except you can't jump, <laughs> which so, yeah, becomes you, a big issue on level 10. You, you have a, a not-so-genuine version of Windows 8, and you can't do Bluetooth or you can't use Wi-Fi. Well, this is going to fix that. This is, this is the big cleansing. <laughs> well, and it's interesting to note, too, and this article points out what we were just discussing, that even with letting the pirates have Windows 10 upgrades, it's more so they, they're feeling as well so that it's more so that these people will start poking around on the Windows Store and get hooked on the services. Again, it comes back to getting people hooked on the services. Yeah, forget about the software. If you can get them on the services, you're go- you're golden. Well, and and lest we forget what we were just talking about, the biggest threat to world security in terms of software is not piracy. Sorry, people, it's not. <laughs> Wait, I know there's companies. I know there's companies out there that'll argue till they're blue about that, but it's not. It's widespread security breaches. Yeah. And the biggest reason behind that is from out-of-date software. Software which a lot of people keep because they pirated it, and they can't afford the new stuff, or they don't want to, or they're afraid they're going to get caught. And there was another insurance company this week that announced they got hacked. 11 million customers' data was stolen. Oh, did you get a letter from them, too? I didn't, but I expected any day, even though I'm not one of their customers. But <laughs> You're watching this, wait a minute, I don't do business with them. How did they get hacked? <laughs> You know, I uh, speaking of that, it, we don't have it in the show notes, but Target, there's been a settlement, and they're going to pay upwards of $10,000 per person who got affected in their data breach. Unfortunately, even though my data was compromised, I haven't been a victim of identity theft, so I'm out in the cold on that. I really want that ten grand. I could use it right now. I'll violate your identity. That sounds so wrong. That's not what you said, was it? Never mind. <laughs> that just sounds so horribly wrong. I really thought that's what you said. I, I feel but dirty as soon now. As, the, as soon as the words left my mouth, I realized, no, no, wait, that's not what he said. I'm going to go shower. No one's violating anyone's identity. <laughs> we're, we're okay here. The dirty doesn't wash off. No cleansing for you. (laughs) Come back at Windows 11. Even Windows Windows 10 can't cleanse me. (laughs) I feel so dirty now. If Windows 10 can't clean you, nothing will. That's a show title right there. Okay. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I went so wrong with that. Okay, so in a big episode of Us 2, Intel and Google... And Tag Heuer? Tag Heuer. I've never known how to pronounce that company's name. <laughs> Tag, anyway. Tag Heuer. They're a Swiss, Swiss company. Yeah. Um, a Swiss watch company, we should yes, Swiss clarify. Watch. No, they don't like make chocolates or, <laughs> or, or banks or knives. Um, they have come out and said, we are coming out with a Google Wear watch. And it'll be way watchier than all your watches. <laughs> Way watchier. I love that I'm, quote. I, I'm mocking here, but I kid you not. That's kind of how this press release read. It was, holy crap, Apple has a $17,000 watch. We need to release something. And so it was three companies basically sitting down in front of a camera saying, we're coming out with one too. Okay, yeah, but the, the difference here is Tag Heuer has been in the watch industry for hundreds of years. Yes, they have. And they know how to make watches. They were the first mechanical wristwatch to have a chronograph. For those of you who don't know what that is, that's a stopwatch. Um, I thought Bulova was. No. Uh, no, no. I'm pretty sure Todd Hoyer was. If only we had some way to <laughs> check these facts at, the, at our fingertips. I know. That would be awesome. That, no, that, somebody the, should get on that. We should talk to Al Gore, see if he could come up with something. If, if anyone is more credited uh, for making luxury watches than Apple... It's Todd Hoyer. <laughs> than Apple. <laughs> it's also Casio. <laughs> just, just let me put that out there. I'm, you know what I'm, I'm saying, saying? I mean, I mean, you have you have Apple luxury watch here for for seventeen thousand um, dollars, and and let's be honest, the watch isn't that luxurious. I mean, sure, it looks fine. It's a nice aluminum finish or whatever. But Tag Heuer, I mean, we're talking, I mean, it's not Rolex, but 
I mean, they, they're still a big name. And, and as they point out in the article, it's not going to be the only company that Google partners with. It's just the first, you know. So we have um, an actual watch maker that's partnering with Google and Intel to make an Android watch. I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, if anything, it's going to to make Apple be shaking in their boots. So, yeah, you know, in this article, I love this line. It says these sorts of partnerships won't be isolated event, events, which you just talked about, Schmitty. Says, quote, an expensive Android Wear watch is actually a compelling product to some consumers, most notably, I suppose, douchebags. <laughs> I love that. Which is which it. is true in part. But it is. That's why it's so awesome, especially with the Apple Watch edition. You know that everybody yeah. that's gonna be buying that's just a complete douche. Yeah. But okay, so so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record right now and I'm going to um predict that the, the Tog Hoyer Android Wear watch will be around $7,000, okay? Maybe close to 10000 I don't think it'll be up past $10,000. I am also willing to bet that it will look a lot better than the Apple Watch. <laughs> Just putting that out there. Oh, I don't disagree with that at all. They did not invent the first wristwatch chronograph. They invented the first automatic self-winding chronograph in 1969. Oh. But the chronograph, even on the wrist, had been as early as 1844. Oh, okay. Thanks for the correction. I'm like, that's why it sound right. They're a more modern company. That, that's why Zook was silent for the past 10 minutes. He wanted to prove me wrong. And it takes me longer to read Wikipedia articles than it does Schmitty. Um, <laughs> here's my only concern with I this. I eat Wikipedia for breakfast. <laughs> This is true. He just he just touches the screen and absorbs like Meteor Man. Uh, there's a dated reference for you guys. <laughs> um, so here's my only concern about this. Watch companies make things expensively that do very little because they are made a certain way, right? Uh, to, a, to a certain degree of quality. Smart watches currently make things for the same price but do a whole lot of things. I worry that they're going to price themselves right out of either market by trying to do this. And I know what you guys said, because I was listening. This is this is really just to go against Apple and say, hey, look, we can do it too, and we can do it better. So it's almost going to be like that expensive BlackBerry tablet where it's like, this isn't meant for everyone. Yeah. Now, you just brought up uh, an interesting question into my brain, Zook. Do you think that with the advent of smartwatches, that we're going to start to see the traditional watchmaking kind of die even more than it already has? You know, that question's been brought up many times before in the watch world, including just with digital watches, you know, and, and never mind the abomination that was the Casio calculator watch. Hey, There's always don't been be people... in that. <laughs> well, and then you have, uh, like, the Tokyo Watch Company that makes all sorts of weird things that don't even have watch faces on it. You have to figure out how to read the time. You have binary watches. I think there's always going to be something. There's going to be, at one point, five years in the future where I see it and I just absolutely must have it, where it's a smart watch that has an analog movement somewhere in it, just because it's just going to be the next evolution. I, I don't foresee them doing away with the traditional methods it's just going to take us a while to figure out how to marry the two together. Yeah. Okay. So, but I, yeah, I, I, I stick to my, my thought that I mean, Apple Watch, not luxury. Uh, they can charge as much as they want, not luxury. You get an actual luxury ma- watch manufacturer behind a smartwatch, yes, luxury. So I mean that that's all I'm saying. That, so, an Apple Watch is like getting a bedroom set at Walmart. <laughs> Yeah, you spent a lot of money, but you're still sleeping on Walmart furniture. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I understand. I just insulted a whole load of different demographics there. I just bought my bed set at Walmart, so yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then I got a watch for you. (laughs) I should probably buy a new bedroom set at Walmart because my bedroom set's like 20 years old. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of new technologies trying to find their way in the world, Tesla announced a very odd um, announcement earlier this week, and they made good on it just a couple days ago. Uh, Elon Musk said that he was going to make an announcement that would cure all range anxiety issues. Range anxiety is a term coined by Tesla drivers and other electric car drivers of 
will I be able to go far enough before the battery dies? You know, will I be able to make it to the next recharge station? Uh, and you got to think it's probably pretty intense to drive knowing if I don't make it to that station, we're dead on the side of the road. But he said it was going to be coming to all Teslas across the board. That part was a little confusing because in the past, whenever they've made an update, it's something you have to come back into the shop and they install different types of tires and new uh, body panels and air skirts and spoilers and they lighten the windows and they, they make physical tweaks to the car to make it more efficient. Well, this one was a software update that's going to be pushing out automatically to cars here soon and it basically makes it so you have to be deliberately trying to run out of power in order to die on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah, I like how Jalopnik puts it. The software update basically makes it impossible for a driver to run out of range unless they're wearing diapers. Which is, <laughs> which could happen because could happen. I, I heard something. I think they said they're like three months away from a software patch that would allow self-driving Babies. cars. Yeah, <laughs> and so then you know you got the kid in diapers drive himself to school. I thought you were going to say they're going to have a software update that will change your diapers. <laughs> that would be awesome because know, changing Smitty's diapers is that. not fun. Uh, no, so what the software update does is it's a navigation system update where it lets you know when you're going to be traveling outside of the range of a supercharger station or when you're planning a trip. It helps you find the route that automatically hits all those charging stations, and it will not. It, well, I can't say it won't let you because it's not like it takes control of the car and steers you back, but it will show you where your route is in relation to all the different charging stations, and it will do its very best to not let you go outside of the charging range. Hence the self-driving. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I don't know. On one hand, this makes total sense. But on the other hand, I kind of think he's giving people too much credit. <laughs> 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 you know, as a developer, I see this all the time. Um, as, as a developer, we try to put in features into into an application that are kind of like uh, they're kind of assisting the user along. Like, okay, here you can do this and this. I'm going to give you all these warnings so you know what to do. But in the end, users don't heed those warnings. Users don't use all the tools you give them, and they're still going to be complaining. They're still going, still going to be running it to the ground and. And and then I get this. the developer yeah. when, when it I breaks. get this all day, every day. Zook, my computer's not working. Well, did it give an error? Yeah. What does the error say? I don't know. I just clicked OK. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe the error said, hey, you're about to run out of gas and die in a desert. <laughs> did you think about that? <laughs> yeah. All the time. I, I think okay. that's a good point, though. Because users, we've all been in IT. We all know this. Users are dumb. And they're going to lie. You know, they'll tell the car, oh, I'm going here, when in reality they want to go somewhere else. <laughs> and then they're well, going to die in the desert. We saw the sign that said beef jerky 12 miles this way. We thought, hey, we have to check that out because, you know, we've never seen beef jerky before. And it's probably better on a roadside stand. <laughs> that might be true. That's, that's the cool thing about being a developer is I can add in, um, like, uh, UI logs. I know when someone saw an error dialogue. I know when they dismissed it. So when they lie to me and say I never saw an error, I can go in the logs and say, yeah, you dismissed it at exactly 12.45 and 28 seconds. Is that what that was? <laughs> yeah. And that's when Schmitty uses the uh, shock collar. <laughs> You've been lying to me. <laughs> I could even see on the heat map where your eyes were looking at the time you closed it. You read the entire message. <laughs> <laughs> um. Not to freak people out, they have that. We use them in marketing all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, they use them anywho. in Walmart now. Yeah. Anywho, okay, let's talk about Barbie. <laughs> Speaking of Walmart. <laughs> I don't know if this one's going to be sold at Walmart. We got Probably a high-tech not. Barbie doll coming out, and not like high-tech not like in that. that. <laughs> not, like not, not high-tech in that she comes with the toy laptop, although this she like might. A sharper image Barbie, I guess. Is sharper image still around? I think uh, they call yeah. it Sky Mall now. Sky. No, I think I think I saw one the other day. Okay. Where was I at? Yeah, um, I think I saw one. So, uh, yeah this this doll. It, it's quote unquote smart Barbie doll that basically eavesdrops and 
gathers data on your kids. <laughs> you, you thought Furbies were bad. Um, yeah, they, uh, Mattel is, is saying that this is the world's first interactive doll due to its ability to record children's playtime conversations and even respond to them once the encrypted audio is transmitted to a cloud server. Kind of like how Siri works. So we've got Barbie as your new Siri. This is terrifying to me. Oh, it's frightening. And I, I am not the conspiracy theorist type. I really I am. am not. I, I, am. I know you are. <laughs> I, I am on the total opposite side of the li- of the scale there. But you wouldn't let anything else do this in your kids' toys, okay? Not even things that you expect to do it. Like if your kid has a laptop or a tablet or you know a smartphone or even a leapfrog. You know any of any of the actual techno- technology toys. I don't know what else to call them, but you know what I'm talking about. Why are we putting microphones in dolls that take conversations up to the cloud to be analyzed to have something else then interact with your child? This isn't new. We, we Furby did that, arguably. The, Fur- Furby was created by the NSA to spy on, <laughs> spy on kids. Furby was different, though, in that it didn't connect to your home's Wi-Fi. That's what they said. That's what they said. <laughs> now, you know, this is interesting, though, because they did a presentation, and they asked the doll, quote, what should I be when I grow up during the demo? And the doll responded, quote, well, you told me you like being on stage, so how about a dancer or a politician or a dancing politician? That's terrifying that the doll remembers. What happens when you're sitting there talking what you want for Christmas with your parents? Spike Lee is going to come out with her, too. It's going to be about this freaking doll. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Mattel's like, oh, this kid wants this particular toy. So we need to make sure that those toys, have that there's plenty of toys on the shelves come November. Well, no, that you bring up a very brilliant point there. If it's listening to your child's Christmas wishes. I, I'm not making note of that. I don't, every time my kid says, I want this for Christmas, I don't go write it down. But that's why we have time, wives. Come Christmas time, I'm going to be asking Barbie, what does my kid want for Christmas? <laughs> uh, th- there is an advantage there. She wants you to stop drinking, Schmitty. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> see, yeah. I expect this to be more along the lines of the Krusty doll. <laughs> Like or you pull the string. Or you pull the string. It's like, oh, I think this one's recording. <laughs> now, there's a group that's opposed to this with you know good reason. No and way. we call them common sense holders. Yeah, the, their executive <laughs> director said kids want or kids using Hello Barbie won't be won't only be talking to a doll. They'll be talking directly to a toy conglomerate whose only interest in them is financial. And mm-hmm. I completely agree. She she goes on to say it's creepy and creates a host of dangers for children and families. Yeah, it's it's beyond creepy. Okay, it's, it's yeah. I'm I'm gonna go right out there and say my this will never make it into my house. You know, and if way, anyone gives my kids one of these, I'm gonna microwave it. The thing is, though, is this isn't very much different from um, uh, what was it, Amazon Echo? Yeah. Um, except for the fact that it's a toy. So, I mean, like, Amazon Echo is doing the same thing. We know it, despite despite what they're saying. You know, they're saying they're not gathering this data and stuff. We know that Amazon's using it for advertising, know what to sell you. Um, so the only thing that, that brings us past the creepy line is that it's a kid's toy. It, that is precisely why I have problems with it, though. Yeah. And I think that's why so many people do have problems with it. And, you know, they say, oh, well, it's it's fine because you're going to have to have your parents give consent by signing into an app, which will allow data collection on the phone, creating an online account where you give tons of personal information, and then agreeing to allow the data capture. You're giving all this information, and then you're saying, oh, yeah, now you can capture whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, it's... My kid can't have a Facebook profile, but she can have a talking Barbie that records every inch of conversation. Well, the thing is that kids connect with... I mean, if, if anyone out there is listening who isn't a parent, because parents automatically know this. I mean, if you've observed your kids playing with other kids or playing with their toys at all, or even just, you know, you're familiar with the concept of kids, you know this. But for those people who don't, 
kids say things. They're they're innocent in the information they give. They walk up to people and it's like, oh, you have this. I have that too. I really like that. I play here. This is where I go to school. And this is my friend, this person's name. And they're just fonts of information. You know, you want to know something about a kid's life? Just listen because they're willing to tell you all of it. Yep. Yep. And what happens when that information is going to some faceless third party you don't know. That is terrifying. Yeah. There is no reason why this should ever make it on the shelves. Um, we got to keep moving on. Uh, really cool 3D printing, which will be eventually uh, used to make the Barbie T2000. Oh, you stole it. You're bringing a... <laughs> I had a Judgment Day joke all planned that I've been waiting to do. Oh, man. <laughs> You've been waiting 10 years to make that joke, I'm sure. I have been waiting, and you just completely usurped me. <laughs> You, you slurped. slurped. <laughs> nice. Okay. I I'm still stuck on you slurped. Okay. <laughs> it's an office reference. So modern 3D printing is not 3D printing. It, it's not. It's a bunch of flat wafer images being drawn on top of each other to make a 3D object. Now they've gotten a lot better over the years, but the fact remains is that on a lot of different things, it's hard to make complex models seem smooth and seamless yeah it's, it's mostly just, it's mostly for prototyping and when you want a polished uh a polished product you have to do some post curing um or glazing or there's a lot of other different things you can do to it but it's 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 mainly just for prototyping yeah uh they have a new one called continuous liquid interface production this one is very interesting it's a type of well, it, it resin, really. Yeah. That is kept liquid, and once it interacts with oxygen, it, once it, sorry, oxygen keeps it liquid, bursts of light make it solid. So instead, what they do is they have this movable armature, which draws the shape out of the resin, and the light beams are used to harden it at certain points as it grows. And I don't know if I'm describing it real well. I don't know how to describe it. You have to see the video. Yeah, it's 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 an amazing it's amazing how they do it. So it, the regular 3D printers or the pre- regular <laughs> 3D printers that we use today, generally the process is they take some sort of plastic, usually a PLS or PLA, <laughs> um, and they heat it so that it turns liquid. And then as it's cooling, um, that's that's when your 3D object is created. Whereas this one, this method is, it starts out as a resin, and like Zook said, when you apply a light to it, the resin hardens. Um, and what that means is, is a couple things. For one, the plastic, when you, when you heat it and then, and then it cools again, introduces a lot of air pockets and imperfections in it that, that you're never going to get rid of completely. With a resin... When you're hardening a resin, the resin itself, it structurally already um, crystalline or um, it's, it's, al- it's already in the form that it's going to take when it's solid, except it's more dense. I, I don't know if, if I'm making sense. Uh, we're all but, failing at this. Uh, yeah. You've got to <laughs> check the article. You've got to see the video. I, if you've seen DS9, Star Trek DS9, it's basically Odo. Yes. They, they've just invented 3D printing Odo. Yeah. Long, long and short, this won't be made just for. I mean, this won't be used just for prototypes. You can make actual products that can stand up to actual weight, um, and, and I mean, you can. We talk about three D printing cars and homes. This is how it's going to be done. So, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's quite cool. Uh, into some more geek news, geek related news, more entertainment stuff. The Batgirl cover that uh, was making some headway. We haven't touched on this at all, so we got to give a bit of uh, background but you know those alternate covers like the spider girl one that caused a lot of blowback there was going to be a batgirl alternate cover uh done by um ralph rafael albuquerque yes thank you um i read the article and i thought that was the city um he had done a cover an alternate cover of batgirl which is kind of disturbing and i gotta admit I find it disturbing, but I can see the point that it's supposed to be. And it kind of pays homage to The Killing Joke, which yeah. was, um, oh, geez, how old is that now? 1988. Yeah, so we're 20 years old. Yeah, it, it's a, it's an old comic where the Joker um, 
basically paralyzes Barbara Gordon, shoots her. It's implied that there is some sexual assault there, but it's never really um, shown or, or acknowledged. And he then shows the photos of that he took of Barbara Gordon bleeding out in her apartment to James Gordon, and it kind of makes him snap. It, it's a really iconic and pivotal part of the Joker and Batgirl's canon. Afterwards, Batgirl became Oracle. Um, yeah, and it's a really good story too. Alan Moore wrote it before he went crazy, although I think he probably was crazy back then too. But, <laughs> but before he went really crazy and started cursing the f- movie studios and stuff, um, it's it's a good book. It's dark, not for kids, but it's really good. And I love this cover. I really do. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is, and I can I can respect the artist. He, he released a statement saying. For me, this was just a creepy cover that brought up something from the character's past that I was able to interpret artistically. But it has become clear that for others, it touched a very important nerve. I respect these opinions, and despite whatever the discussion is right or wrong, no opinion should be discredited. My intention was never to hurt or upset anyone through my art. For that reason, I have recommended to DC that the variant cover be pulled. I am incredibly pleased that DC Comics is listening to my concerns and will not be publishing the cover art in June as previously announced. So I can I can respect him for that because he he did it as an homage to this and I can see that I can see that for what it is. But if this is a push button issue for you or if you have any kind of sensitivity to it, it would really trigger those emotions. You know what I'm saying? It's designed to, but well, a lot of the a lot of the complaints with it right now are Batgirl is currently targeted towards younger teen females, uh, and it's pretty upbeat comic. It's it's very lighthearted compared to this image. And like I said before, The Killing Joke is an extremely dark story. It's it's messed up. Uh, and to see this, while I, I'm a huge fan of it, because I'm a huge fan of the book, but I can understand how it doesn't necessarily fit with the tone. People you wouldn't want like your daughter that. reading it. Right. Well, no, your not. daughter's. I wouldn't want my daughter reading it. She's seven. Yeah, yeah my. I wouldn't want my nine-year-old to read it. I think my fourteen-year-old, she'd be okay. But, but I mean, it's a. It's not. It, it's it's referencing something that's not for the target audience, which I completely get. I think that there's a lot of people that are saying it implies, and it you know the the word implies is being thrown around a lot. It implied this, and this is what it's trying to imply. And it, I, I don't know that I like that. I think that the guy had an awesome piece of art, and people didn't like it. People started making threats to the people who didn't like it. And he said, this is getting out of hand. We're not going to do this. I respect his decision, uh, but I really love the artwork. Yeah. In uh, some happier news, Community came back. Uh, the first two episodes are on Google Screen. You can go to screen. Sorry, Yahoo Google Screen. screen. <laughs> Yahoo Screen. Yeah, you can go to screen.yahoo.com and have the first two episodes up there. And it, I, I watched them both. The first one, kind of slow, but funny, but good. The second one is freaking hilarious, and it talks a lot about VR um, and all the problems with it. It's <laughs> worth watching. It's very, very good. I'm and you running. know what? It's it's the same community. I, that's what I got from it. It wasn't like, "Hey, we bought this show and we're trying to make it seem like the old one." It's no, it is. It's the old one. All the sets are the same. The writing is very much the same. Um, yeah. If anything, you feel like they had a they have a bigger budget now than they used to. Yeah, and you know, there's there's a few of the cast members who obviously aren't there anymore, uh, but it's not like they've been completely forgotten, and it's not like when Scrubs moved over to ABC from NBC. How it was just kind of a disaster. They've it, it is community, and if you're a fan of Community, you'll enjoy these these episodes. Let's be honest. If you watched Community and loved it, it wasn't because you loved NBC. <laughs> True. It's because you loved Allison Brie. Yes. Okay. Um, we got uh, two real quick headlines. We got to go in here. Both of them Star Wars related. First one, a really cool novel. Yeah, in uh, in in the moving picture show, Doctor Squishy mentions that uh, there are. Uh, Star Wars is going, or Disney is going to be releasing twenty um, books, if 
this fall for the Star Wars universe. Some of them will be kids' books, and some some of them will be novels. And this is the first one announced. This is called Star Wars Aftermath. Um, kind of showing what Endor. happened right after Endor. And I hope they get into the whole Ewok Holocaust. Yeah. Because uh, you don't have a moon explode over a planet without there being some sort of fallout. Or technically a satellite around a moon, but yes. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. <laughs> That's but. no moon. <laughs> but, you know, I I still have issues with Disney throwing out all the expanded universe and starting over. But yeah, time, time will tell. Time will tell. I, I, I invested so much time into so, much, so many of those books that, yeah, I, I'm feeling the same way, except that... I, I don't think that Disney can do any wrong here on out. So I, I think they'll be redeeming themselves. I don't know. Zook is rolling the, his eyes, but... This must be just how Spock felt when he went into the other universe and totally changed the timeline. <laughs> I don't think as a, as Spock cares about how Star Wars goes. So. No, but everything he spent all his life knowing is suddenly not there anymore. And it's a totally different reboot franchise. <laughs> You know, that's, that's not what I'm saying, in the, and you know that. <laughs> that is exactly how I felt, though, once um, once the Clone Wars came out. And they released that movie okay. that had basically the first three episodes with the gay Jabba the Hutt, Jabba the Hutt uncle. <laughs> and, I mean, it was just everything that I knew to be true was gone. Except your testimony was, of Star Wars was shaken. <laughs> that was George Lucas's doing. Except this is science fiction. Okay. Yes. So, uh, okay. Anyway. Uh, and finally, uh, this is just follow-up. We already talked about this last week, but uh, they have a little bit more information about Rogue One. Not that I know anything about it, because I haven't even read this article. There's yeah, some, that's, uh, that's a Star Wars uh, standalone movie, the first one that they're going to be doing. And yeah, I was hoping it would be about Wedge Antilles, but yeah, maybe it w- maybe it will be. But they've they've announced some of the cast. Yeah, as you just mentioned, Schmidty, uh, going to be directed by Gareth Edwards, uh, who did Godzilla. Uh, yeah, written, we talked about that last week. Yeah, written by Chris White, who did Cinderella and Ants. Um, they cast Felicity Jones, Academy Award nominated actress, uh, who was in The Theory of Everything. Yeah, that is new news. Yes, that that is the big news that came out this week. But yeah, I mean, the more that they're announcing this, they're kind of putting together a a, a nice solid solid cast and crew. I, I'm I'm excited. I, I, I'm I'm going to go go out on a limb and say that this is going to have Wedge Antilles in it. Well, I mean, he he's the one that built the Rogue One Squadron. So well, no, because the it's all gone now. Expanded universe is gone. Oh, that's a good point. Dang it! Okay, there is no Rogue <laughs> Squadron. Your favorite N sixty four game never happened. Wait, oh. what? Star Fox? <laughs> <laughs> roll, 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 adventures. Roll. Fox, no. <laughs> okay, into our favorites. <laughs> Um, We love the piano guys. They're locals here in Utah. Uh, And they have a new video where they take old Bach and they cross it with 1970s big hit Want You Back by the Jackson 5. It's pretty funky. It's pretty awesome. And you should definitely check it out. Pretty cool. Um, My favorite for uh, for once is not a video. This is googlefeud.com. They take the idea of Family Feud and Google Autocomplete. Uh, and make it a game. You can try to um, beat your high score, and you cho- you choose between four categor- categories: culture, people, names, and questions. And they give you a the beginning of a, a search query, and you try to figure out how it ends. So, uh, give it a try. It's it's a lot of fun. And my favorite, I like magic. This is kind of a magic trick uh, that involves smartphone app. Uh, there's an app called My Pet Boris. It's a magic spider. And you use it and you can make spiders walk across people's hands. And this guy makes uh, Chris Bollinger, uh, actually is the, is the magician, illusionist. I don't know. He does some makes a spider come out of the phone and do something a little bit awesome. And... Lady literally loses her wig over it. She flips, <laughs> she, wigs out. she flips her wig. 
It's awesome. Um, check it out. She loses her weave. Um, all right. That is our show this week. Um, we appreciate all the feedback from the polls we've been getting. Uh, I think let's do it for one more week. Sure. Yeah, let's do that. We'll put it in the show notes. Again, uh, let us know what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of. We are kind of at your command here. Uh, please follow the poll or give us a shout out on Twitter or Facebook or just send us feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call at one nine one seven geek Until next time, cheers. End of line. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.